When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, good evening, good day, wherever you are around the world. Welcome to this week's Spurs show. Well, what a week. What a week it's been in the history of Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, this time last week, I was on the show when we were talking about the wonderful draw against Liverpool. And yet, is that draw going to be enough? Uh, two games to face. And seven days later, we find ourselves again in the box seat of Champions League qualification with just a point to get at relegated Norwich. Uh, what a turnaround. And uh, although we're not getting ahead of ourselves, we are delighting delighting in the misery of all the Woolwich fans, uh, acquaintances. You never have a real Arsenal friend. You have acquaintances who support Arsenal, but you never have a close friend, I find. But we're sure we'll talk about that. Joining me tonight, uh, wonderful to have them back, uh, from Channel 5, commissioning editor, Dan Lowe returns. How are you, Dan? I'm all right, thanks very much. Yeah, particularly... Uh... Particularly this week, at least until Sunday. Yeah, at least until Sunday. Well, we're, we're going to do a separate recording on Friday, just previewing the last game of the season. But uh, also returning ex-Copto Twins, Bella Union label manager, Simon Raymond returns. How are you, Simon? I'm good. It's been a great week, hasn't it? I mean, you know, really, really has. I, I kind of felt that it would be. I, oh, I'm really? not one for... Um... Not one for uh, you know signs in the in water or tea bags or anything like that or or, or but I when I do Wordle and oh. I get it right like in three things just seem to go well at Spurs I, right. and and I, the last two Wordles I've done well I don't do it every day but I did it last week before the Arsenal game well we all know how that turned out and I, I got it in three and I thought wow this is an omen and then I did it against. I did it the night before the Burnley game. Similarly, got it in three. Wow. So 
This is this is the key. Well, to I, I hope you get it at three on uh, Friday before Sunday's game. What's yeah. what's incredible about this week, really? And again, I think it's important to kind of look at where we were and where we are now. Uh, only in March, uh, Dan, we were six points behind Woolwich. They had a game in hand. Since that day in March, they had beaten Chelsea and Man United in two games we kind of hoped they might drop. And and obviously we're going to talk about the Woolwich game in a minute. But a lot of Tottenham fans of a certain vintage, and I include myself in that, kind of thought we're going to beat them and we're going to beat Burnley. But I've grown up with the lucky old Arsenal. I've grown up with the Arsenal with the last minute goal, the refereeing decisions that go their way, all this kind of stuff, you know. And the way they have imploded and been absolutely fucking awful in the last two games as well has been hilarious dan let's let's start with the arsenal game because you know all none of this would have mattered if we didn't you know play them last thursday and beat them and i think i think after i thought a slightly nervy start we 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 finished off quite quickly didn't we dan yeah but i think it's also important to like you know, in as much as the sort of joy of all this, it is it is a good opportunity to just loosen your trousers and let out a good belly laugh because mm. the manner yeah. in which it's happened has been it has been hilarious. Mm. And half of the reason I continue to go to Tottenham is just to laugh. Really, I think like every now and again, there's one or two really good laughs a season. Sometimes it's your, at your own players, but I'll never forget like pinging rubber bands at Ramsdale for the rest of my life. That was better than any of the goals. I think we should have a game every year where we just get given rubber bands in the South Stand and we're just allowed to rain them down on whatever players we want. Um, Because that, for me, is sort of the main abiding memory of Thursday. He was so far off his line on Thursday for the third goal. You know, people thought that it's because he's a sweeper keeper and an Edison type, but it's actually just because he was getting hit by the South Stand over and over again. Most of their players were. It was very similar to when when we played Man City in the Champions League, uh, and everyone else was getting uh, pink with the rubber bands that were using to they were using to affix the the bits of uh, the plastic bags to the seat that we were using to to do the dare do dream um, uh, sign. But yeah, yeah I mean, I Tifo. T- I, I I didn't know what Tifo was. Until well, I, I, they shouldn't they shouldn't do I them. At Tifo Tottenham. is what used to set programs to, but that was the TiVo, wasn't it? They shouldn't they shouldn't keep doing them at Tottenham because the human cost and the rubber bands and the, <laughs> the attacking the players is, is too high. And and you know we learned this less than three years ago, and and they still keep giving us rubber bands, and we still keep putting them on the pitch. But I think you know they it's not just that we're the better team because we are. We, you know we are we are the team that we hoped we would be under Conte. In fact, we're better, but they are shit. Really, I mean, I mean, but Simon, this is what surprised me because, again, as I said at the top of the show, and I've been going to Spurs since the early seventies, so I saw crap Arsenal become good Arsenal League Cup semi finals eighty seven, the whole Wenger period where, you know, they were a, 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 a great side. It was tough to take at times. They were battle hard. There were times that we were as good as them on the pitch, but they had that extra in the midfield with Petit and Vieira and and whatever. And I kind of still see them in that mould, I suppose. And yet, what was incredible about Thursday was, as I said, apart from the first 10 minutes, they were quite good. And and what what 
I also delighted is when I do speak to my Arsenal acquaintances. And I'm very good. I'm very diplomatic. Before the game, one was saying to me, I, I don't understand how you can even enjoy the football. I mean, you just play deep and you do pe- things on the, on, the, on, you know, on the break. You know, what's the fun in that? Well, the fun is there quite clearly. And the fun was there on Thursday. Not that, in fairness, that was the way we got the goals. It's the manner of the goals. It was the manner of the penalty. Hilarious award. A kind of penalty that we never get. We never get those penalties. And to get that, you know, and then the second goal, the abject marking. And then we all know what it's like. You sit there, you come out the second half and you're a bit like... Come on, just, you know, don't give any, nothing silly in the first 10 minutes. 54 seconds later, we're three up. And we could have gone on to thrash them. But in fairness, I think he told one, I mean, the fact he brought Sun off, who wasn't very happy, he kind of, you know, foot off the gas, that will do type thing. It was just, everything about the game was extraordinary, including, obviously, Simon, the, the atmosphere as well. Oh, yeah, it was, it was incredible. I was just thinking this week, because it's, it's five years this week since we left White Hart Lane. Yeah. And, you know, what, a, what couldn't be a better week to be yeah. remembering that, given what's just happened uh, to Arsenal. You know, absolutely hilarious. As Dan says, I, I, stay, I sit in the South Stand with my son. And um, you, you, could, you could see how annoyed Ramsdale was because we, we were literally right above the goal there. And he was genuinely upset by the rubber bands. Really? <laughs> so that, that, you're right, that was a particular No, no, moment. I mean, this, this is the first I've heard of the rubber bands. You know, I, I, I mean, yeah. I'm eating my prawn sandwich in West Stand Upper. I didn't know about the, the, the rubber band stuff. This oh, there's literally a, a, a thousand constantly. Yeah. Constant flow of mm. rubber bands, like, throughout, mm. throughout, the, throughout the half. It was just priceless um and oh and, and when the ball went out of play and the fans kept it stuff like that oh, very, we need to stop cool. doing that though i think that that's becoming <laughs> yeah. my least favorite bit of like sort of fan yeah. naughtiness it's got that's got to stop yeah but, like, but it's been a great it's been a great month turn around as you say since march but yeah. what i think the liverpool game was super important because what while I, was, I was listening to, to watching it on on bt and my hero glenn hoddle was commenting on the game and he just annoyed the fuck out of me with the stuff he was saying about Spurs about how how bad and how negative we were playing I just I, I you know I found that annoying because what how else were we supposed mm. to play against Liverpool they are better in every single department than Spurs right you know it, they are just 11 players better than us yet we took the game to them we defended solidly we did exactly what we needed to do and we got a point and if Hoiberg hadn't muffed that Perfect chance at the end. Yeah, what what he was thinking, I don't, I don't know. Just easier to, to score than to try and head it across the goal to Harry. I don't know what he was thinking, but it's, it's been a brilliant couple of weeks. No, and I think absolutely. I think Arsenal are are. I mean, we get criticised, don't we? Spursy. I see it every day on Twitter. It just drives me nuts. We are, and it's now the most Spursy thing is Arsenal right now. Dan, the, the, the incredible thing again is, is again, before the Woodage game, the news came out that Christian Romero was injured. There was a lot of people in the concourse going, oh, no, Sanchez coming yes, in and all me. that. And there was a real kind of, you know, let's not mess this up. You know, let's make sure there's something on the last two games. And there was, and there was obviously the hope that not only there was that fear 
that even after beating them, how are we going to react against Burnley? But even what with that, you kind of walked out the ground. I certainly walked out the ground going, yeah, but everyone's going, you know, Newcastle got a chance. But they're mid-table. I know they're doing better. But, you know, Arsenal get an early goal and we'll sort of sit there, do I watch it? And all that. It's incredible how, and I've always said for many years, Tottenham are a cursed club. Things have happened to us at certain times that you just go, we're cursed. There must have been some sort of traveller's curse in the 1800s down White Hart Lane for, or someone's buried under the pitch for these things to happen to us. You know, you think about Lasagna Gate and Chelsea winning the Champions League and Arsenal getting promotion all those years ago when it should have been us. There's so many instances, the Pedro Pedro Mendes, the, the goal that never was. So many instances where you go, it's only Spurs this really happens to. And it does seem to be now, there's been a shift. There's been a real shift in the comedy team from North London now being Arsenal? Well, I think we've got to stop thinking like, um, you know, we're, we're cursed and it only happens to us because I don't think that is true. I think there are teams that are sort of, you know, everyone's got a certain amount of bad luck about them. And I also sort of like think, you know, you look at you look at where that team is now and I think the only team that I can currently, who knows what will happen next season, but I think we, we this next season has to be a shift in mentality really because... Just trying to qualify for the Champions League, assuming we will qualify for the Champions League this season. I think we will. And I'm pretty confident about that. I'm very confident about that. The The challenge next season is to win the title now. It has to be. What's the point otherwise? Because you've got Conte, you've got a team that is probably about two or three players away from being, you know, pretty much as good as uh, City and Liverpool, who we've taken, you know, more points off than any other teams uh, this year. And we've got a back four that's almost unbeatable. And I feel weird sort of saying this, but if we don't concede a goal against Norwich, then we will have gone five goals in 11 games. That's more than a quarter of the season, only letting in five goals. You know, we say that sort of like Liverpool are better than us in every department. I mean, given their back four is excellent, but is it definitely better than the way that our back four is currently performing? I I would say player for player, yes, it definitely is way better than ours. But in, the results are essentially the same. Our, our defence is currently under a lot more pressure than Liverpool's is, and it stands up way better. It, we don't seem to let a goal in anymore. And I think if you can, you know, they say in American football that defence wins championships, we should be trying to win the league next year. Mm. That's, that's very interesting. Simon, the, the other thing to pick up on is that, you know, again, I've seen some of the sort of Woodish fans bemoaning their injuries. The fact they sent so many players on loan and didn't play us in January. You know, what is kind of forgotten is we kind of forget how many injuries we've had this season you know we've had uh Romero Skip uh Tanganga you know we've had key players sorry Doherty as well we've had key players that suddenly were in form being out the team that's barely talked about and again I think I think Dan's right you know I don't want to get carried away but you sort of go Yes, we could improve the fullbacks, although I think Royal, has, who's never bought as a wing back, has done much, much better. But I think you can probably improve on one, maybe two. You certainly want to get at least one more in there. Uh, we certainly need another centre mid, although I think Holbier the last couple of weeks has been absolutely fantastic. It's the Holbier that I heard about in Southampton has really come to the fore as well. We always talk about this backup to Kane and, and, and Son, and we certainly need someone who can come off the bench who can who can chip in. But, I mean, that is only four players, you know. Uh, there's talk, obviously, this week they're finally going to make the Romero and Kulisewski deal 
permanent. If they can get some money back for Ndombele, Le Celso, probably have, looks like they're going to move on Bergwijn, probably move on uh, another kind of midfielder that's not getting in, Kamakata Vickers, plus if we do win on Sunday, you're now looking at the guaranteed Champions League money coming in on top of the revenue that's coming in to the stadiums. I also think playing again Wednesday, Saturday, I think it makes a big difference to corporate tickets and people going to games. I know a lot of people who, who come from overseas, who come from up north, Sunday train service, flying back on a Sunday, when you've got work the next day, is much more difficult. I think going back to Wednesday, Saturday, fixtures I think also you'll start seeing all the games next season selling out it's suddenly and again this is like since March when we were kind of thinking if we got sixth place we've done well maybe we should just do a season without European football it's incredible how it's turned around and Dan as Dan rightly said you know it, it what Conte has done with largely he's not his own players is remarkable yeah, I mean, it's we have to if we do if we do get Champions League. I'm not going to say it, when, but I say if we have to spend some money. We spent what sixty million quid last last year, while while Arsenal I think spent 150 million, and they were the top spenders in the Premier League last year. Um, last I don't summer, know what they spent so, it on. I mean, really, some new chairs. Yeah, awful. We, yeah, awful players. Mm. Um, so we have to spend money. Uh, if we're going to play a Champions League, we're going to have to have a, be- a better squad than we have. And yes, he improves players immen- immeasurably. Royale is starting to play properly in the last couple of weeks. Doherty was starting to play pro- properly before his injury. You know, contributing at, at both ends of the par- at both ends of the park. Romero is probably one of the best signings I think Spurs have ever made. He's incredible, absolutely so adorable. Yeah. What a player. I mean, when he puts a tackle in, mm. when he goes for a 50-50 ball and the other guy bottles it or he takes the ball and the man, it just sends this signal to the rest that of the team. That goal against Leicester when he went flying in twice oh, yeah, the it ball. Was, it was probably my favourite goal of the season. <laughs> well, I think that game, yeah, totally, totally agree. But that, that game was so important. These little tiny moments, mm. 97th minute, Bergwijn, who I don't think we should sell because I actually think he's a brilliant player to come off the bench. And I think he's only going to get better. Still a bit selfish, maybe, but incredible talent. You know, those two goals in the last five minutes, that's really why we're here. Mm. I mean, yeah, go on about the Brighton late goal. And there are moments you could see on both sides, but yeah, I just want to see them improve the squad. But that's Mm. pulled and down. I mean, again, we're not there yet. We've got to play on Sunday. We're going to talk about that on Friday. But again, you look at the points we've thrown away this season, the Wolves, Southampton, Palace, uh, Burnley away. You kind of think if Conte had everything he wanted then and then playing in a system, even this season, we could be already looking at further than fourth. That's the incredible margin about what he's already done. Well, then we would really earn you've got third. I think that's, you know, and and that's getting greedy at this point. I mean, I think like, you know, it's, it's, it's it's a question now of like what, what is it going to take next year to potentially be title challenges and to win us some silverware? But I think trying to win the title will be the ambition for next year. It will be for Conte. And actually, when you know we are a good few players away, but you think about some of those slots that could already be filled. So you're off the bench player, potentially kind of coming in a bit of experience. There's been lots of talk in the past about Perisic. It's probably going to end up being Bale. So Bale will probably mm. come back and be sort of backup striker to Harry Kane. I mean, what more do you want? 
Um, you know, we don't really have enough creativity in that midfield. You don't have someone who can strike the ball around, who can, uh, and that weirdly is what Benton Court has been doing the last couple of games or so and showing that side of himself, which we hadn't really seen before. But that's probably now going to be Ericsson. Mm. So that's potentially two players, you know, coming in big wages, you know, probably. But but those two players are immediately um, bringing something the club doesn't necessarily have. We are probably going to have to replace it right back, I think, um, and do a bit more competition because Doherty, I think, will you know will be uh, has been a bit of a revelation this season. But I think Royale really, although he's played better, he's got no future there. I will sell Regulon, I'm fairly sure, but Sessignon's development into a player yeah, who can defend fit. is one of the biggest, like strange. I wrote Sessignon off so many times. And yet he was one of our best players against Arsenal and probably was our best player against um, Burnley. People can't get past Ryan Sessegnon. It's weird. Like mm. Saka couldn't get past him once. Yeah. He stands there and he lets people run into him. And yeah. he's got an unrivaled ability in, a, in an age of wingbacks who can't really defend to stand in front of people just as they try and step off and, and, and accelerate past him. They can't do it. And I think... You know, he's becoming a real fan's favourite. Every Whenever the final whistle goes, he's the first one down the south stand punching the air and, mm. and going on like Jurgen Klopp. And I think now, you know, he's he's probably now becoming an important, you know, not just a squad player, but but a part of Conte's plans for next season. And Lo Celso is probably going to get swapped with money for Pau Torres at Villarreal. So actually mm. sort of, you know, we then probably only need two more players on top of that. And we're not shelling out a huge amount of cash for those three. Yeah. No, it's great. Well, look, let's go to a quick break. And when we come back, we're then going to look at the game, the very tough game uh, against Burnley. And then we'll laugh some more at Arsenal. Back in a minute. And we're back for the break. Don't forget for premium content, including a daily news show, ex-player interviews and original documentary series, go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Support the show in the process. We did a lovely show at the JW3 Community Centre last week with Alan Mullery, Martin Chivers, Pat Jennings and Steve Perman. That recording will be on Patreon next week. Uh, some new merchandise. We, we've mentioned we've had some beautiful new Honmin Sun Antonio Conte designs uh, along with some classic old uh, Woolwich Wanderers and Hoddle and Aussie Ardiles t-shirts. Uh, we've brought back the Bob Marley uh, Panini football sticker T-shirt. That is now available again. Uh, and a slightly new Hommin Sun design. Uh, link to the description in this pod. Go and get it. It's a, a thing of beauty. Next week will be the review of the season special. Myself, David Harris, Jeff Pope and Paul Hawksby. And never fear, uh, the season never ends on the Spurs show. In the close season, we are bringing back the show Top 10 Tottenham. Simon and Dan, both here tonight, have both very kindly agreed to be two guests where we look at Tottenham celebrity fans' greatest Tottenham moments. Uh, we've got some great guest lines up. So after the season, there'll be one of two of those per week to bring you through to next season in August. Uh, right, any more, Simon, any more thoughts on the Arsenal game before we move on? Are there anything else you want to say about that performance that you saw? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the atmosphere was second to none. I mean, uh, obviously, we've had some great nights at White yeah. Hart Lane over the, over the last 30 or 40 years in, since I've been going. Yeah. But I have to say the, the atmosphere... Uh, at the Tottenham Stadium or, or against I got, Arsenal was I got, the, I got there at six o'clock 
and the high street was packed, the singing in the high street, the dancing. It was an in incredible atmosphere. It's kind of like everyone knew how important this game was. And I generally think, you know, there were certain games when uh, Liverpool played at home in Europe and big teams would come to Anfield and effectively be scared by the atmosphere. That's what it reminds me of last Thursday. Arsenal were scared. I think their fans were scared. Um, you know, I mean, saying that most of them had left on 75 minutes. So luckily, I don't think there was any trouble after the game because there was no one to have any trouble with. But uh, if we can, if we get into the Champions League and we take that kind of atmosphere uh, to uh, the big European games, it, it's going to make a huge difference, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it felt like a sort of intimidating chuck stuff on the pitch, kind of sort of new camp type vibe where um you know i think this season definitely um uh the season sort of back from lockdown where we've been going back to games again there's been like a new no i'd sort of go home and away and and there's been like a, a spirit of madness in the air most of the season and a few times um you know during the season i think it's kind of you know I, i'm i'm used to it getting a bit hairy away games but i i felt a few times this season i just kind of thought like you know, people are losing their minds now, genuinely. Um, but I felt that in a good way uh, on Thursday, that it was an intimidating atmosphere. There was all sort of all's fair in love and war. Um, and the stadium kind of, you know, it, it felt just the right level of toxic. I mean, there's yeah. lots of sort of stuff on social media about Spurs fans chucking bottles into the um, Arsenal police cordon, mm -hmm. which isn't, I think, you know, that looks true. It sounds like the type of thing that would be done. They were chucking bottles at us at the Emirates earlier in the season. And I think, you know, everyone needs to knock that shit off because it isn't, you know, it's, it, if somebody's trapped in a, in a police court and you, it's a bit cowardly to throw bottles at them, um, you shouldn't throw bottles at people anyway. But I thought that during the game, it, it was a cauldron. You know, it's a cliche to sort of say that, but it, it was working. And I think, yeah. like, you know, there was an interesting turn as well on Sunday, I felt. You know, the game was getting a bit negative. It was getting, you know, the atmosphere was kind of getting a bit sort of uh, frustrated. And then, you know, in the last 15 minutes, Conte turned around to the crowd, G'd it up. Yeah. And that powered us through the last 15 minutes. The atmosphere yeah. in the last 15 minutes against Burnley at 12 o'clock kick on a Sunday was electric as well. Mm. And I've, you know, would never normally say that. I think this is the beginning of, of something in the, in the stands. And it slightly saddens me to say that we really do love our club. We really do support our club properly when we're good. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, but which well, I wish you know, wasn't again, the case. But... We're the most, but the most expensive tickets in in in, in the Premier League. Us fans, we, we deserve a good team. The, the amount of money we play, the loyalty we show over many many years, the fact that we've touched, you know, possible success uh, under Pochettino. There's obviously been a frustration that the board have got things wrong. Uh, I think they've absolutely lucked out with Conte. And I think if we get Champions League and he has promised money, which you assume he will, he will stay next season. I agree with Dan. There's no reason. I, yeah, but I don't I don't agree with that at all. I don't think the board has lucked out. I think the board the board has just about made decisions along the way, which they've got away with, which is what happens in business. But I think, you know, beginning of this season, I just, when they appointed Nuno, I just kind of thought everything everyone says about Levy. And I've sort of been not necessarily a supporter, but I don't hate him. Um, uh, you know, I don't appreciate my season ticket price jumping up so much. And I don't really like the new stadium. I preferred White Hart Lane. But I think in the long run, a lot of the time, you know, his sort of vision and the things, the gambles that he takes end up just about paying off. And I think that was the case. Conte was a big gamble. And now it currently, it looks like it's going to pay off big time. Yeah, interesting. Simon, let, let, let's talk about um, 
the game on Sunday. You know, no matter what people say, it is tough. Sunday midday, the players hadn't had much time to recover. Um, you know, a really physical and mentally physical game on Thursday. What was nice against Burnley was I thought we started really, really brightly. Uh, they then came back into it. Uh, I think Corne had a chance one-on-one with Hugo. And then the goal. And, and again, you know, I, I, I try not to get involved with social media and, and TV pundits and this kind of noise that goes on around football. But, and, and the amount of people that are saying that wasn't a penalty, it, it, it's staggering. You might not agree with the law, the rule or whatever, fine. But the laws of the game, if your arm is out in a natural position and the ball hits it, it's a penalty. Simple as that. And there's noise about it. And I heard Martin Keown on Talk Sport and this one, all these ex-gooners coming out, how lucky Tottenham. There's nothing lucky lucky about it. Oh, no. I mean, look at the Sissoko handball 22 seconds into the, into the Champions League final. You know what I mean? It's like... It's a handball. I mean, we might not want it to be at the time, but, he, you know, when Sissoko handled it, hit his chest here, and then his hand kind of brought it down. When you when you analyse it, it's a handball. And they changed the rule because of this, this event. And now, if your hand's up here and you touch the ball, it's handball. I don't, I don't get all the fuss. And it, it, even from where I see it, which is totally at the other end of the ground to where it happened, I could see that it was handball from there. The pundits are all saying, well, no one else appealed. That actually is not true. Yes, Sanchez did appeal. There's but absolutely so did the players put their hands yeah, up. Yeah, so did, so did a couple of the players on the left-hand side that the camera wasn't, one of the angles of the camera wasn't showing. So that wasn't true. Um, listen, these things these things happen. I'm, I, I'll take it because actually the game was tight. It was always going to be tight. Burnley are a incredibly tough team to play. We often come a cropper against Burnley. Home I'd happily see them go down, though, in fairness. Hey? I'd happily see them go down. Wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 I've yeah, had enough now. Yes. Had enough. Yeah, had enough. Plucky that. Burnley, well yeah. done. Now you, you can go back, back to the championship. But, Dan, it was such a crucial goal at such a crucial stage to go in one up, knowing now Burnley had to come out. In fairness, they did. Uh, we kept giving away stupid... I hate when we give away these stupid free kicks wide when the player's yeah. running away from the goal. We did this little nudge in the back and we invited these crosses in. And, you know, we had to defend very, very well. Uh, I, I think we deserved the win. But uh, we all knew that was going to be a nervy game. Well, the the away... I was at the away game the week of the Man City away win. And um, we all knew after beating Man City 3-2 away and... and you know, sort of Conte out thought Pep and and we'd outplayed them. And uh, that was the kind of game where you just thought kind of Benton Core and Kulisewski are amazing. Then we went to Turf Moor in the rain on the Wednesday night and we gave away a free kick out wide and um, which got pumped into the box and that was the goal. Uh, you knew it was coming and we knew that we'd lose before that game. But I did think before this one, I thought we would pr- it would be tight, it would be nervy, we probably would win. I mean, I think the big question next season and the big difference as to whether I'm really confident we're not going to let many goals in next season, no matter who we sign. Uh, And I think there'll be continuity there. But I think breaking down those teams that play a flat back four against us in that low block, Conte struggles with that. Mourinho struggled with it. Pochettino struggled with it, but generally did a pretty good job um, with it. You know, those are the games that Ericsson tended to really bail us out in 
And, and playing against those teams that don't play very open um, will be uh, a bit of a struggle. It was it was interesting seeing Brighton, you know, we, we beat Brighton who played incredibly open in the FA Cup and then very open away. Um, and then they kind of came to Tottenham. They played, they, they'd learned their lesson and they played a low block and beat us. So I think we are beatable in that way, but to actually overcome the one way that we can't generally beat a team and to win one nil, albeit with a disputed penalty, um, it shows that this team, you know, they win at the moment. They're winners <laughs> mm. until Sunday. It was interesting you mentioned that. I, I, I forgot to mention when we talked about the, the, the Woolwich game. I, I thought Arsenal would set up exactly like uh, Brighton would set up, and I think they kind of half did. Whether the game, mm. a bit like the Newcastle game, they didn't listen to their coach's instructions. Obviously, holding was so close to Sun the whole game. There was three fouls that were yellow cards before he got the yellow card. And eventually when he just had to go in with the elbow to stop some running through, obviously was another, I mean, we love seeing Arsenal players get sent off at Tottenham. It's great. But I I think Simon Dan's right about we need to find a way of breaking down. And every team gets it. When Man City play, they have exactly the same tactics against them. Invariably, they'll get their wing backs to the touchline, cut back. We need to do that a bit better, I think. That's one thing we don't quite do well enough, maybe. Maybe that's the personnel. Yeah, we need a clever player in midfield, somebody that can unlock a door, because we'll have that's a shot. where we struggled. <laughs> huh? We'll have a shot what from distance and it goes in, you know. Yeah, well, as long as it isn't Benson, Cora, Hoiberg. Yeah. Because they'll just hoof it over the bar, much as I love them both. But, um, yeah, it's it was a... The fact that it was Ashley Barnes also handled mm. it made me made me laugh because I dislike him intensely. Mm. Nasty little player. So um, that was a very beautiful thing seeing that he that he handled it and he seemed so upset about it. That was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, so, so that was that was the Burnley game, and obviously it meant we uh, then had this sort of two point lead on Arsenal, and obviously last night they played Newcastle. Dan, did did you bother to watch the game last night? Do you have one eye on it? <laughs> I, I had three eyes on it. <laughs> Um, doesn't even make any sense. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I was, I was, I felt confident that Arsenal would um, would cock it up. Um, they throughout this season, you know, they've, they've their form has been really good and they've overperformed. But their players are not really that great. They've they've done a good job with um, with with not a brilliant playing squad and and actually a pretty crap midfield. I think um, they could be easily found out. They play the same way at White Hart Lane under Arteta every year. You know, Mourinho had their number, which is weird because he couldn't seem to beat them in the Emirates. But that kind of open um, from the start uh, attacking football it just gets picked off when they play against us. And they tried the same thing against Newcastle without ever really having the mm. ball. It was weird. I mean, it was it was also weird watching players like Cedric try and run in well out of position and win the ball on the halfway line and then just get turned by the likes of Joe Linton, who's turned into a good, you know, really good player. And Bruno Gamares is like, you know, I've, I think I've ever seen a player play as many positions as he did last night. He was out on the wing. He kind of came inside, you know, he's, he's really good. And Newcastle will finish above Arsenal next season. Um, you know, Arsenal are now in this weird sort of no man's land really where they'll qualify for the Europa. They won't really be able to sign any more kind of sort of brilliant players um, their current crop of really good youngsters, like who I'd say sort of Smithrow and, and Saka, um, uh, in, uh, represent, they've slightly got found out. So they're just going to stagnate, really, whereas we kind of should kick on. But it was I knew they'd lose, and I thought it was funny when they did. 
It was. Simon, did, did, you, did you watch the game last night? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. <laughs> uh, my, my, my wife came down about eight o'clock. And, it was uh, very nervy, wasn't it? Yeah, she, she was like, what should we watch? And I said, well, Newcastle Arsenal is on. And I know it's 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 neither neither team that I support, but would it be all right if we watched it? So, yeah, I turned it on. She went and had a bath. And um, I thought it was... Absolutely it was a long bath, 90 minute bath, early bath. Yeah, long bath, long yeah, bath. Long bath. The, the, Newcastle were fantastic. Were. The the pace they attack at and they press so well. Howard's done an incredible job there. Um, you know, hats off to them. And as, as, as Dan said, I love watching Joel Linton play. For somebody that was derided a couple of years ago, you know, by all the pundits to have turned, have be turned into a midfielder like that and just be so aggressive and so powerful. And the way he got down the left wing, that beautiful ball from uh, Maximum, so Maximum, mm-hmm. and he just passed past the Arsenal defence like they weren't there. Cedric is a very poor player, mm-hmm. a very poor player. He had a and terrible the foul, and the foul throw. The foul throw was extraordinary. Yeah, throw. It was this kind of and, thing and I, I see as sort of Sunday football, pub football. You're like, what are you doing? And the fact and, that and, and turned Sandra, it around, Sandra, they scored from it, was was it, made it even more hilarious. You know. It was. I um, I, I, I was a bit super. I was a bit superstitious. I thought if I watch this whole game, I'm going to sit down. Arsenal will go two up within 12 minutes. Two lucky goals. They'll be handed goals like they were in the last home game. Um, coming who they played now. So I, I I so I was watching it on sort of you know Sky app commentary. What's going on? When it got to nil nil at halftime, okay, come on. It looked like Newcastle the better team now. Let's watch it. And I was. Probably celebrating Newcastle goals as much as I celebrate Tottenham goals. It was quite (laughs) surreal, just going crazy, running around the lounge, screaming like a small child. It's very, very strange to have that emotion. Probably because I hate Arsenal so much. I can't even put into words the hatred I have for for them them as a club. Um, well, look, Mike, uh, I have to say, I have to say something. I had a great text from Joel Wobble, yes. another one of, uh, of your favourite guests. Um, I have to read it out. Actually, <laughs> so he said he sent me a text just after the game. Um, I, I'd sent him a message saying, after messing it up at Newcastle ourselves a few years ago, I'm not getting a carried away. But and then I, and then and then I then I said, you know, wow. And he said, yeah, barcodes were fantastic. Too early to celebrate, Cy. Trying hard not to tweet inflammatory messages aimed at Arsenal, but I will be watching Arsenal Fan TV very soon. Let's face it, the only people who watch Arsenal Fan TV are Tottenham fans, let's be honest. Yeah. We're the ones that, that give them their, 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 their revenue. Well, look, gentlemen, let's, let's sign off now. We will be back on Friday when we preview the last game of the season at Norwich already... Uh, Tottenham fans scrabbling for tickets. Tottenham fans have bought all the corporate tickets in the lounges. It's going to be hilarious. They've gone crazy. Want to get hold of these tickets for a game that in March we thought was a probably a nothing game. Will it make us finish fifth, sixth or seventh? It now becomes our biggest league game now since our last Champions qualification. And we know what happened that season. For now, Dan and Simon, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for all of you around the world that still listen to our tawdry offering. We'll be back on Friday. Until then, come on, you Spurs. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.